Welcome to Over 50 starting over everyone. I'm Barry Edwards and I'm Merle Garrison and we got a real special holiday episode for you. Got a lot, got a lot on this show, and uh, I'm going to do a lot of sharing this time. Oh, uh, you are? Merle, okay. you, you are set up. You can share as you wish. Oh, thank you. I have a, a lot to go over, and uh, so let's just dive in. I will mention that I want to talk about some holiday things that are uh, going on here uh, up front. And okay. I want to then I want to talk about the interview that I had with Dr. Stan Goldberg last week. It was really important. Love the guy. Love talking to him. Want to encourage you guys to check it out. Then I want to talk about uh, Glenn Lowry's show. And he's it's very much like our show. He's usually got his guest on his friend, John McWhorter who's a super nice guy, really like him. They're very interesting because they're both educators. They're very, very uh, well-read, uh, smart guys. Both lean left, John very much so. And these two shows that they did back-to-back. -back. So uh, Glenn also frequently has guests on. And uh, his last guest was uh, the black DEI director that was fired for being a white supremacist. She's black, by the way. Her name is Tabia Lee, and uh, she was a DEI director at Dianza College in Cupertino, California. Did I say that correctly? Cupertino. 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 Okay. So I want to uh, discuss that one a bit in a little while. Um, very, very eye-opening as to just how crazy this world has gotten. And on the heels of that, their next episode was uh, Glenn and John discussing the truth about George Floyd's death. And wow, when it's coming from people that lean very left and the awakening that they had in this episode, and they're very forthcoming. I admire the humility and uh, the maturity that... Uh, they brought forth with that. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that. And with both of these episodes, I'm going to be sharing excerpts uh, from them. They, they are on Apple as well as YouTube. And I got some really important parts to share with you. So oh, that's great. I'm excited about here. that. I, boy, I, I, I checked those two shows out and, uh, and I also checked out your show. Really great stuff. I mean, all around. Nice. Barry, you did a great job on that interview. Well, it was uh, an important one for all of us. It, 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 the it, subject matter is coming up a lot. What I mean by that is dementia and uh, um, Alzheimer's. You, you know, um, the whole thing was, I, I would call that interview with Dr. Stan Goldberg, everything you wanted to know about dementia, but were afraid to ask. And your questions that you asked were just spot on. As I was listening to your interview, I was thinking, I wonder about this. Then you would ask that question. Oh, wow. And uh, you did a great job. I thought that uh, Stan, you. not Dr. Goldberg, but Stan was fantastic on the show. Yeah. And he gave great tips. We'll get into that when you're ready. But okay. I, excited. I want to mention that you can see that if you, uh, you know, you could see it on YouTube, you could uh, listen to it on Apple Podcasts. But if you simply go to over50startingover.com slash 247, there it will be there. Uh, with 47 yeah yeah man this is gonna be 248 <laughs> in two wow. episodes we'll be at a 250 yeah that's something else isn't it uh man. so hey i wanted to mention that um i just got back from the dog walk with charlie of course and recently there has been a new uh a new dog 
uh, coming to play with our group. Dog, and okay. her name is Ula. And just to make things confusing, Ula's dad's name is Charlie. And uh, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, uh, about a week ago or so, I heard overheard him talking to somebody saying, I don't know, Barry just keeps calling me a good boy. So I guess I'm doing things right. <laughs> My dog's name's Charlie. That's funny. Uh, that was funny. He's a really good guy. As it turns out, he lives kind of close to us. So we've been walking home together, uh, wow. him and our two dogs. And Charlie and Ula are great friends. They play so hard together, run like crazy, like bolts of lightning, which is great. Now, she's like eight months old. So someone that could actually keep up with the craziness of Charlie, who's two and a half now. Wow. But he still acts like a newborn puppy. I swear to God. So that's fun. But this is what I wanted to say is that I, you know, yesterday, Charlie told me, Charlie, the dad told me that I was gonna uh, say, Charlie's geez. talking to Charlie. Charlie's <laughs> talking to me. Tell me, you know, he has a cold. So, okay. So today I noticed he was coughing a lot. It sounded kind of bad. I said, uh, Hey, is that uh cold? Is this kind of the end of the cold that's kind of coming up there? And he goes, no, um, kind of hesitantly said, no, I've been battling lung cancer for, oh my gosh, for a little while. Now. Oh, and so we're walking home and he's telling me about it. I asked about it since he was forthcoming. And yeah, so for about a year and a half and the kind of cancer that he said, I don't recall the name of it, but he said that the outlook on it is typically eight months to live. And he goes, but I, and this guy's very healthy. He's 65. You wouldn't know he's 65, very healthy seeming guy mentally and physically. And uh, so he said, yeah, it started in my shoulder they thought they got it, but it spread to my lungs. Never smoked a day in my life. And uh, so that was just, it was kind of sad, of course. And as we go into the holiday weekend, it just stayed with me on my mind. I'm making uh, tea, preparing for the show and stuff. I'm uh, having a sandwich is, um, you know, in the kitchen. And I, oh, I, I noticed this, this card. This actually is related, by the way. Um, I noticed there's a card, Lisa put a card on the, on the counter and from a friend of ours and i'm trying to share it there we go do you see it yep i sure do uh, okay so again i know most of you are listening so i'll try to illustratively describe these things as i as i'm showing them this is just the, the cutest card i've ever seen two puppies playing in front of a fireplace with, and it's a painting uh a crisp beautiful christmas tree with presents in the wait that's a painting yeah yeah oh yeah. gosh that looks yeah. like a photo and, you know, these days it could be AI enhanced or, you I know, from a right. photo yeah. or, but if you notice, I mean, that just the perfect composition of it would probably, it would probably have to be created. And the chances of getting that photo just like that would be pretty slim, I think, but it, it's just beautiful. And it's from our friend, Marianne. And I wanted to just mention that, okay, Marianne lives across the street from Lisa's mom uh, during the winter months. She's a snowbird. So lives across the street from Lisa's mom in her development and is a beautiful uh, person in her mid eighties. Now she has recently lost two children about two oh. years. Yeah. About two years ago, she lost her son, a uh, daughter to cancer and uh, about our age and then just a few months ago she lost Jeez. her son oh. and i don't don't remember what disease that was now ab approximately now her husband who is 88 years old is undergoing uh, massive heart surgery 
at 88 years old, by the way. Mm. So mm. I just mm. want her to be in our prayers because first of all, no, no parent should outlive their children. And she's so mm, spiritual, mentally and physically perfect. She's a inspiration. She always has been. I've known her for 15 years now with the most beautiful beaming smile. And for her to go through all this, Lisa and I were talking this morning that it's going to take a toll on you. And, you know, she's in her mid eighties and to, to go through everything she's gone through, I just want her to be in her prayers during this beautiful time of year. And, um, I'll, I'll let that rust right there. Well, so I, many people at this time of year that yeah. it conjures up memories of family. You know, the, this is a time of year where we all get together. We get together with our 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 extended family, our our friends, and many times we remember the people that have departed from this world during as we during this time because this is the time we were together with them, and yeah, and that can cause depression and and things like that. Uh, this should a be a point. joyous time, and it is a great time for family, but we do have to be sensitive that uh, some people are struggling at this time. Yeah. But I, I say this. That's that a really good point. It, with that in mind, reach out to your neighbor. You know, yes. your neighbor is ac actually it's just like you. It, anybody in front of you is your neighbor, really. You could be riding the bus. The people that are around you are your neighbor. Reach out smile i gotta tell you barry one thing about i mentioned this on one of the previous shows one thing about this area is that there is so much joy around here that's it so is, good to hear it's almost overwhelming uh, Anne marie and i went shopping we were out last night and uh and you know here we come we're coming up to the to the goal line of christmas yeah. right so nobody wants to be out shopping at this right. time because you know it's going to be crazy out there people are going to be stepping on your feet and all yeah. that kind of stuff it's not like that here this we said we call it um arizona uh busy like when you see oh my gosh it's busy well no it's arizona busy uh, you pull in, you think, oh, look at the parking lot. No, there's all kinds of empty spaces in the parking lot. We've just gotten used to that. Oh, it looks busy. It's because there's several cars there. But you go in, it's not super crowded, and everyone's in a good mood, and everyone wants to talk and wow. and, and and just hi, how are you? People say Merry Christmas over here. Wow, it, it's, it's actually really refreshing and really cool. Or I'm if so happy you, for you. If you say Merry Christmas to somebody here, they light up like a Christmas tree. And oh they my say God. it right back to you. It's so joyous. It's it's I'm mm. telling you, I'm having um the the Christmas spirit is ab absolutely all around here. And uh there's all uh, people put up their lights and everything. I mean, it is a festive time here. So I say wow. this that um we can overwhelm sadness and depression with the joy of the season and um and and if you don't let people be alone this season mm. reach out to them hug them you know have them over for dinner or something like that but, well uh, to that this point is, this is the time to spread the love as i was contemplating uh the people that are struggling right now people that i care about i was also thinking i have a phone call to make today that I normally wouldn't, but in the spirit of the season, I have an old friend I haven't talked to in a very long time, and I'm going to be reaching out. I, and to your point, I want to encourage other people. Find, uh, pick up the phone, invite the friend over, um, and go see someone that you have been meaning to. And yeah, do that, please. And uh, there's nothing like the the human touch here. We're so used to texting and yeah. and and you know 
get pick up the phone and call that's a lost art these days yes uh, you know yeah. talking to people but also just go over to their house yeah. you know just and, show up and, yeah uh, it is a good thing and this is the time yeah. to do it and in uh the spirit of the holidays Ooh, look I, at that. I have, yeah the spirit of the holidays. i gotta tell you uh it was about two days ago i get an email from lisa who's right across on the other side of the house that um, we uh, we got these reservations to go see the Cleveland zoo's uh, lights, Christmas lights, oh. which is a big deal. Yeah. And That's I hear tonight, about them all the time. Right? Yes. Oh. And so I guess we walk for about a mile and a half and it's really mild out today. So thank God for that. Oh, nice. So it's going to be great. And I got some uh, pictures to show you. I'm going to go kind of quickly because I got like 10 and, but I never, uh, never went to this and I didn't know much about it. And I kind of thought, oh, we're going to go see Christmas lights. Yay. Um, and then I started looking at these pictures. Oh, I can't wait. So again, I know most of you are listening, but if you want to pop over to YouTube and uh, see an eyeful of uh, candy, this is really beautiful. So these trees are lit up. Like, look at the, how many lights oh, are they're on beautiful. these beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. Who, and I, some gosh. kind of a sculpture kind of thing with these right. owls in a tree. Uh, and just look at the massive amounts of, Neat. Uh, yeah, these, look how beautiful this is. This is a snowman surrounded by wow. lighted trees, lit trees. It's just, it's I, a winter oh, wonderland. It is. Look at this. This looks like uh Neat. icicle sculpture. Wow. Light, kind of. That is really cool. Very yeah. Creative. Yeah. Look at My this gosh. stuff. And, uh, look at these kids. Uh, I, this has got to be <laughs> tremendous for kids, by the it way. It has to be, right? Yeah, look how beautiful that is. I don't even know what oh, that is. Oh, and this, this is just, oh, I, this is I the remember. arcade. Yes, yeah, of course you do. walking through there. I yeah. just came across this, and I thought I, you would get a kick out of it. They've that really arcade, done a great job of uh, of, of keeping, keeping that, that place up. nice. Yeah, yeah, they always did. Yeah. That they is spent a lot gorgeous. of money upkeeping that place. Oh, they must. And so, yeah. so for those of you listening, this is a very old building. Um, in downtown right, Cleveland, Euclid, yeah, 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 by East Fourth Street, which is a big has been a big deal for quite some time now, uh, and it's very golden. There's lots of arches and this giant, beautiful tree in the center of it. And look at all the garland along the uh, handrails. I know, really? isn't they that beautiful? Out. That is absolutely beautiful. Okay. Christmas in Cleveland, I'm telling you, I oh, mean, it's, so it's cool. great, great memories. Uh, my right. my brother just flew over the city yesterday. He's going to visit his folks out oh. there, and and uh, he took a picture. He was flying right over the stadium, and he took a picture of it, and it was spectacularly oh, wow. beautiful. Wow, uh, the city looked beautiful yesterday. Oh, that's so that's so nice. It's been on uh, Cleveland's been on such an upward trajectory. Uh, you know what it was? It was since that uh, RNC and like 2016 or something. And yeah. uh, they just gave the city the biggest facelift. I'd be riding my bike, looking around going, oh my God. And then we, you know, movies have been shot here like the Avengers and different things. And so they huh. continue to keep improving things. With that, Merle, are you ready it- to uh, talk about Stan Goldberg a little, just yeah, like for yeah. a minute? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Uh, go, go right ahead. Okay, so uh, this, again, is at over50startingover.com slash 247. And we had a terrific uh, a terrific conversation about his book, Preventing Senior Moments. And what this is about is you know, we, Merle and I have had conversations, honestly, me and all of my friends and family have had these conversations so much of late about <laughs> how many times on this show in the last year am I just struggling for that word 
that one word yeah. it's yeah, happening yeah, yeah. to me uh, um so <laughs> I, it's a crazy thing right like yeah oh, we're, we're over 50 starting out wait how old am i have you ever forgotten how old you are i mean yeah uh yeah and the worry about like hey is there something wrong with me? yeah <laughs> like, yeah and yeah. i'm turning 58 in four and a half weeks Oh, so, you know, there's that right behind you. So we also I have a dear friend who recently um, about a year ago, his mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he that's when I started to get to know a little something about Alzheimer's yeah. and how rapidly yeah. it can progress. And she was already at stage like five of seven. And uh, then as of a couple, it's fiercely independent. She has lived in her little bungalow for you know, all, her whole life lost her husband 20 years ago, at least, if not uh, more. And uh, one of the typical scenarios where we kind of thought it'd be like prying her out of her home when it came to right. that. Yeah. Well, it came to that very quickly, just a, about two to three months ago. And she is now in an assisted living facility. And because she kind of comes and go w goes with awareness it's fine. Like it was not. So fortunately, my friend didn't have to deal with a bunch of guilt, uh, heavy guilt and all of that. Like she's doing as well as she possibly could be doing in, in this facility. So it's all a good thing. So there's a lot of questions about uh, what constitutes, how do you know when Alzheimer's is a factor in someone's life? Is this forgetting a word, an indicator? And I'm happy to say that Stan said, no, absolutely not. It's natural with the aging process. Says, uh, your mind, uh, your memory, there's a lot of different factors that affect your memory. And they come to these factors come together like gears of a clock, which works a lot better when you're younger, but these gears don't line up quite as well as we get older. And that's kind of a natural thing. But then he also said, and this is towards the end, and he said it like he kind of leaned into the camera to make the point. He said that even with uh, these instances that do seem to be adding up to Alzheimer's, that if you are aware of it, you yourself, that person that is starting to slip a little, that there right. are tricks that you can do to enhance your memory and uh, sharpen things back up. And one of the biggest ones is drinking enough water. Because isn't that something? Isn't drinking it? water. Yeah. Your brain is a muscle and needs hydrated. So I mean, it's really serious. important. It totally makes sense uh, mm. that hydration, drinking enough water is a, yeah. is a big deal right here. And I know personally that... Um, you know, when I'm depleted of energy, uh, you know, and uh, just I'm hungry, I, I haven't and I'm dehydrated that I, my thinking is extremely clouded. I'm not right. I, it's, things aren't flowing the way that they should be. And that that totally makes sense. You know, Barry, I, I wanted to say that, you know, just your summary there and thinking back to what Stan was saying, boy, was I ever relieved uh, really pretty early on in your conversation about mm -hmm. uh, myself actually uh, forgetting things and his whole thing about uh, senior moment. And he, he talked about, you asked a great question, which is such a simple question, but everybody probably assumes that this they know what this is, but what's the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? Uh, yeah. uh, I thought it was a, such a great question because- I didn't know. I didn't either. I did not know that Alzheimer's was a form of dementia and um, and a precursor. So, 
Yeah, exactly. And also when he started to talk about signs of dementia, they were totally not the thing I was thinking about. He started to go into a person that's gone to a restaurant, you know, for 30 years and um, they suddenly have forgotten how to get to that restaurant. Right. They got lost. Well, that doesn't actually mean they have dementia because there could be extenuating factors. Like, for instance, um, there could have been a storm uh, or and he couldn't see very well or he just got new glasses, um, you know, but something traumatic. But happened it, this is it's not just you forgot your keys or you misplaced your keys. It, it's something of the thought process that's broken now where mm. you can't put these complex things together any longer. Um, and, and that is really the sign here, here, here's a, here's another one is when he talked about, uh, you know, let's say I'll never forget when, um, my aunt had Alzheimer's mm. and I'll never forget, uh, That's when awful. I first started to discuss, it was awful mm. when I first started to discover it, uh, she had asked me how my kids were doing. And, um, and I, I said, oh, they're fine, you know, this and that. And I told, them, told her this big, long story, and she was, you know, totally got into it. And then a few minutes later, how are the kids doing? Yeah. Well, I gave another answer a little bit shorter. And then a few minutes later, she asked me, how, the, how are the kids doing? In the same way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that, to me, I thought was, she did have Alzheimer's. But I, 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 if, I don't know if she had it then or not, but for, according to Dr. Stan, that's not the indicator that you have Alzheimer's. Right, right. It's an indicator that your thought process is either slowing down or needs to be sharpened up. And the good news is that there are exercises that we can do to sharpen that up, even grow new neurons, even for people that do have Alzheimer's, that there's still hope of growing new neurons. Did we talk about that situation on the episode? Because I don't remember if we did. Okay. Yes, you did. And I was blown away by that. I had no, I'd always been told that once a, a section of your brain dies, then that's it. You're done. But, and we were taught when we were younger that uh, your brain does has a finite amount of brain cells and you got what you got. And it's, that's it. Right. It's not true for about 20 years now. We've known that the thing called neuroplasticity, that your brain can uh, create new synapses between cells and can generate uh, new cells themselves. So there's always hope for us. Don't think that uh, this is just a one way uh, Alzheimer's is just a one-way avenue and uh, it's inevitable. There's a lot that we can do. I strongly encourage you guys to watch that episode because it, it's very meaningful for people of our age. And I ended it with one of the last questions and you'll have to watch the episode. I asked, when do you know uh, when it's time to take the car keys? And that's yeah, a that tough a, one. That's man. a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So watch the well, episode. Well, I liked what he one. said about it and yeah, you got to watch the episode, but you can get his book on Amazon, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the uh, Preventing Senior Moments, and uh, it comes in hard hardcover and yeah, also Kindle. And I just thought, gosh, he went through so many things so quickly that it, it would be worth it to get that book and yeah. kind of take your time to go through it. Um, one of the things that he said for for people that have elderly parents that are concerned and you know, the parents doing fine. One of the things he said that I thought about was, Hey, you know, don't wait till the last minute to think about assisted living. Mm. 
this is something that you don't want to have to find yourself in a position where you have to hurry up and find a place. All right. That's cool. All right. We're back. I'll, I'll delete that little bit uh, out of there. We had some technical difficulty and Merle, uh, you were talking about yeah. assisted living. I was, and I was saying that uh, I thought it was really interesting how Stan uh, brought this part up about assisted living. And, yeah. and this is what you were talking about too, is, Hey, people, people don't want to go to assisted living. I mean, right. a lot of these people are extremely uh, independent and they, they've lived their, their, their grownups, they're grownups, yeah. <laughs> they're adults, <laughs> right. they're, 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 anyway. It's uh, about freedom, personal freedom, yeah, personal yeah. choice. You want, you don't want to give that up. Well, and what he said was, if you, if, if you want to help your loved one that's elderly regarding assisted living, do it long before they need yeah. assistant living. Yeah. Involve them uh, so that this isn't something where you're putting them, you know, someplace where they don't want to be. Uh, right. They want to they, they be involved in this. They want to be in charge of their own destiny. And uh, selecting the place that works for them is super important here. Right. And uh, I just think about myself. And if I were to have to go to assisted living, first off, I'm a people person anyhow. I've, I've lived by myself before and I didn't like it. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think it'd be more like that movie Cocoon for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where it I would just be that. sort of like a party. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I hope that doesn't happen for me, but if it does, I think I would definitely make the best of it. Um, I'm sure I think you would do great. I would not so much me, not you, so much, you know, um, that he also talked about, I, I loved when you talked about your vision for a retirement community mm. and, um, and he had some feedback on people that have dementia having to really be in a place where there are people trained to work with people yeah. that have dementia. Yeah. And, and he also said that it was important to be in a place that was not just people that were older, but you need to mix some younger people in there too, to mm -hmm. talk about the things that are happening and current events and things to keep things fresh for everybody. Mm -hmm. I thought those were interesting insights from yeah. Dr. Goldberg. Yeah. Good guy. And you know what I want to mention too, that, uh, you know, he's forthcoming about, it. he's been uh, battling living with cancer for 25 years. Yeah. That's something. That C word keeps coming up. Uh, it you sure get over does. I don't like that uh, word. I don't either. I hate no. that word. I really wish that we would uh, get on the other side of it. Merle, I want to, uh, give you your choice here. We got three things I forgot to mention at the top of the show. We got some consumer news uh, to oh, that's right. revisit, and uh, we let's, could do. Let's that. go to that first because uh, okay, uh, let's uh, let me do it. Okay, so a couple of a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about window washing and how how crappy we are yes. at window washing, and I personally suck at it, or at least <laughs> I thought that I did. I would do windows. I mean, we got a lot of windows here in my house. And it's a, the beautiful thing, Barry, is I've got views out of all these windows and I want to see them. Uh -huh. And so I wash the windows. It's a painstaking task. It takes it takes so long to do it. It's so frustrating because I keep looking, I see streaks and I'm I'm. I'm I am so I I feel like I'm very meticulous to to mm -hmm. get all these streaks out. I and, have the same uh, problem. And then by the time Anne Marie comes around and I, I hey look at the windows, 
for sure she finds streaks right away mm -hmm. uh oh what about that streak what she's very detailed when the sun yeah, it's in yeah. the right spot. And it's like, I didn't Ugh. see that stuff. And, and then the other thing is that it seemed like as as like the day wore on into the next day, there's a whole lot more streaks. I can even see them now. And it's like, I am terrible at window washing. Well, we talked about this on the show. Oh, what? You have it. How cool is that? Okay, so we talked about this on the show. Yeah. And uh, one yeah. of our listeners, Mo, uh, chimed in and she let us know about this product. Um, the product, uh, we actually had a couple of different uh, versions of this product, but now we we both have the same one. There's a little bit of glare there. We both yeah. have the same one. Um, this I is, haven't tried it. I got it yesterday. Okay. I haven't tried it yet. This is zero fiber zap cloth, streak free, spot free cloth, wet it, wring it, wipe it, wipe any surface, streak free, spot free, lint free, absolutely positively never streaks glass, mirrors and windows, never use window cleaner again, polishes as it cleans. Okay, this sounds way too good to be true. Uh -huh. And I, when I got, it's just a piece of cloth, right? It doesn't even. It, and it feels like, uh, what does it feel like? It, it's paper towelish, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a sort of paper towel. Yeah, well, almost like a thick, like those towels or those, those, uh, paper towels at the gas station yes just yes yes kind of feels like that nothing nothing special about this right. so, so as soon as i got it i was like i just got ripped off <laughs> but, <laughs> but mo said this is gonna work so let me let me try it now it, i happened to get this the day before i had all this company that was going to be staying in my house my kids were yes. coming uh, my 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 stepfather, my mom coming over for for we celebrated Christmas last weekend and it was it was awesome, but it, and last weekend happened to be a beautiful weekend here, mm -hmm. lots of sun, so I couldn't wait when I got this the the day before, and now this job of washing the windows, especially outside here in the desert, lots of sand blowing around, so I I literally have mud on my windows, you mm -hmm. know they're very dirty, it gets dirty quick took me 20 minutes to clean all the windows. I can't wait to try about two hours. Um, I feel you, man. I've had the same problem. So I clean uh, my Airbnb house. I do it all myself and I like everything's perfect. And then I look at those windows, especially when the sunlight gets right, right at the right angle. It's like, oh God, those are awful. Okay. So here's what I did. I started on my window in the kitchen, and this is a window that has a beautiful view of this mm -hmm. mountain. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like looking through there, but it's it's too streaky. And it, it too, and because the way the sun shines through that window, you could see the streak so easily. So I started on that window. After I was done with that window, it was like I was looking at HD TV through that window. <laughs> there was no streak, no streaks whatsoever. Uh -huh. um, the next window I did was my sliding glass door facing the same direction. I turned that glass into invisible. It, wow. it became dangerous. I, I can't was, wait to I try was it. Concerned that I was going to brain myself trying to walk through that window because you <laughs> couldn't tell the window was there anymore. That's amazing. I can't. It wait really to try was, it. and and so the cool thing, and then the kids were here, and um, and they got to see it like our our living area in living color. I mean, it was just spectacular. 
Oh, another thing, too. I had my landlord over here for the first time. We've lived here for nearly two years, the first time she was here. And I was so proud of those windows when she came in. Uh, and it just And it's, it is a beautiful view. So I'm very proud of the place that I live in. Um, these cloths virtually last forever, I guess. Um, you can use them when you, you, you just put water on them. You wipe the window. Amazing. It's, it's like, what? A miracle. This stuff just comes off you rinse we off need the to rag. get some money for this this i know you, you know. rinse this thing off and then you use it again you, you finish the windows in 20 minutes instead of two hours then you throw it in the washing machine don't use soap and it's good as new again i i've got several of them i don't know why i got so many of them uh i probably only need one but uh well i'll say this i got stocking stuffer that yeah, that's a really good point i got three of these on amazon for ten dollars yeah i got like 10 of them for 20 bucks. The so next package like was yeah. 10 for 20 bucks. Yep, so yep. either way, if they really work that great, I think it's a good buy. Now I'll also mention that the key word here is boy, that glare is this Zizo fiber that if you see that at the very top Zizo fiber. So if you oh, look oh. that up, you'll see that there are competitors uh, to this zap cloth and the same price, no matter who you go with. So I figured I would definitely go with the zap to, uh, to give it a, a fair shot because of the testimonials. Now I also went and read all the reviews on Amazon. I always do that. And of course I go straight to the negative reviews, which there are not many, but of the few negative reviews, the common theme that I saw was people said, uh, works great on mirrors and countertops, but not on glass. It streaks on glass. And that was only a few people. And what I think I got out of that is they're not wringing out the thing dry enough. To, it was too wet. Is that my is, thought. That, I think you're right about that because I found that if you you do have to ring, use warm water and wring it out, out pretty hard. So you want and it to be your, moist, not soaking wet. Right. And in your case where you said your windows were virtually muddy, I would yes. recommend washing them with a rag first and then use the zap cloth. Well, what I did was I use, I just used the zap cloth. And then if uh, sometimes the, there would be residue from the dirt because there was there was mud, literally. Mm -hmm. I just rinse that that rag off again and just go over the those areas and boom, I was as good as new. I mean, as good. The windows have never looked this good since I've. Dude, been that's here. awesome! All right, I got uh, another. Thank you, thank you to Mo. Thank and by the way, um, what a great thing that we have a show where people can come in with suggestions and then we can share it with everybody so well let me tell you to everybody this one if this zap cloth works as well as you say it does it's going to be a godsend for me it's been a thorn in my side these windows and it's important i get rated on on my cleaning you know, it's very that important. Is, that's huge. That's huge. I have another product review and oh, okay, great. It, it just came the other day and I got, a, it's kind of a cool story with it. It comes in this little package and uh, I saw this, this is a huh. snowflake wrench. It is made of stainless uh -huh. steel uh, and it has like 24 different functions on it. So let me see. Each one of these yeah. end pieces is a oh, different man. kind of, uh, Look at that. Yeah, yeah, is a different kind of a tool. Now, yeah. what is what you don't really see right away is every one of these negative areas is a wrench, 
of a different size. I including see. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I what saw a- this on a commercial. I was going through Quora, my Quora feed, and it was a sponsored commercial. And every time I see a sponsored commercial, I, I get on some things I get curious, but I'll never go to that link because I know it's going to be overpriced. So I went to Amazon, of course, and these were still about eight, eight to $10 a piece. And I thought, I don't know. I don't think that's really worth it, but I'd like to try because I would. I want to keep one of these in our in our junk drawer downstairs, and I want to keep one upstairs, one downstairs. Same with the other house. One upstairs, one downstairs. So it's easily accessible because it's you just always need a silly thing just real quick, right? Yeah. So I still thought Amazon was a little too pricey. So I went to. I recently discovered another site that I have to share with you. And I, where's the share? And um, it is called Team Timu Temu T E M U. Have you heard of it? I sure have. Oh, I don't, I don't have anything good to say here. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be interested to hear your feedback because okay. All right. I got these for eighty-eight cents a piece on here, oh. and uh, so I got five, and for less than five bucks. I if they don't work, I don't care. Um, yeah. Now I've gotten other things. Uh, on here too like um uh you know i have to do a lot of handiwork at the other house so i've got like uh the the plumber's tape and just stupid things that should not cost very much um i saw some really crazy scissors on here a little bit ago that i did buy that are like four scissors in one so that because I like to chop up lettuce for my salads, like really fine. And it's just a pain in the butt. I wish I could see these. I, I thought they were up here a little bit ago. Uh, so anyways, I recommend it for buying dumb things like that, that shouldn't cost very much. And, uh, but you, and I'm just trying to find something cool. Cause normally I go, oh, and you have to buy $10 worth of stuff before you get free shipping. So I end up buying like three different things at a time. And if I were to have a, a not so good experience with one that cost me two bucks, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, but I've yeah. gotten things like this that I that make make it worthwhile for me to check out. Uh, okay, so you don't have anything good to say about it. What what do you no, have to say? I actually about it? have terrible things to Let's say about Timu. Timu is a CCP organization, oh, I and I know that. Here's the thing: is that they are subsidizing all of these costs through the uh, international monetary fund uh, practice that they have so they can actually create money and then uh, unlike any other country so what what their goal is at Timu is to put American business out of business specifically Timu wow. is, is pointed at Amazon uh, wow. they're trying to take Amazon down so all of these prices that you have and free shipping by the way um, because uh, China has a uh, favorite nation status with the uh, International Monetary Fund. <clears throat> they can basically ship things cheaper than an American company down the street from you can ship something to your oh house. God. Wow. And so they have a completely unfair advantage 
and they're using it to put you and I out of business. That mm. that's really the CCP strategy. Timu, uh, there are other c- companies out there just like Timu that they're using as well. And this is a big, big deal. Timu has uh, is it, they got their hooks in everything. Mm. If you look at their website, you'll never be able to get away from them. They're they're going to inundate you with all kinds of things, a lot of free stuff. And it's very attractive. Uh, my advice would be, as an American, we should probably stay away from companies like this. Okay, that's they, a that's a, bent on our destruction. That's a good rebuttal on that. I didn't. I really didn't know any of that. I just no, figured I it didn't was either. Cheap I, I, China company. I found out, and uh, you know, I, I I work with Black Ops Partners, and these right. are the kind of things that we look at and study. We're looking at hybrid warfare. And hybrid warfare is everything short of conventional warfare. The CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, wants to destroy this country in the worst possible way. And they're yes, using they uh, this type of uh, commercial warfare against us. And this is just one of their many tentacles. One of their many, because that's a good segue. If you wanted, we got the two Glenn shows to discuss. And yes. if you wanted to segue into the DEI one, that's a good segue because, boy, this is all people think we're talking conspiracy theory when you say that this is one of those many uh, pinpricks that China uses to uh, uh, fan the flames in this country of divisiveness. And boy, do they. And DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and it should be DIE, D-I-E, because that's pretty much what it causes. Exactly. Um, It is the height of racism disguised as non-racism. And all of this crazy far left stuff is always just that. If they're going to call you an ism, they're doing that ism and uh, hiding behind this uh, virtue signaling. So. With that, um, let me share the screen again. And uh, I do, ha- I'm going to play some clips. I did remember to click sound. And this lady is remarkable. Her name is Tabia or Tabia? I forget. Tabia. Or Tabia. Lee. I'm not I, sure. Tabia, Tabia, Tabia Lee. Yes. And uh, she is the former DEI director at. Um, Dianza College in Cupertino, Cupertino, right? That's right. Yes, uh, it's California, near, near San Jose. Okay, yeah, there you so go. It's, and, this is in the the Silicon Valley, so this is one of the richest areas of the country, uh, one of the richest areas in California. This is a, if you're uh, you've got a startup position in Silicon Valley, you probably need to live about two hours away in order to afford to live in that area. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're talking mm-hmm. about. This is this is the type of area we're very elite, very elite area. Yeah. That, uh, so this college is located in. Go I'm going to play a little bit right here where she talks about the anti-Semitism that's fueled by the faculty there. And. I'll tell you what, it, it it devolves quickly in her eyes as she's becoming awakened to the culture there that uh, they are uh, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel for one reason, because yes. Jews are white. Yeah, and, and the, 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 they are white oppressors, apparently, apparently, according to this college and their their agenda. It gets so thick. 
in there. It, her very first, so she was hired from the outside, like they and and uh, she caught a lot of crap right to her face from uh, a particular faculty member that felt that she should have gotten the job. And uh, Tabia does not understand the culture there that is very ingrained. And it is as she uh, finds out in her first meeting with the staff. Okay, can she, I go? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I was she just... was called a, a, a white supremacist uh, and using. Um, she was white splaining. White splaining and another white something. Yeah. There was three. And she's called a white supremacist. She's black, by the way, and, and she's and, the well, DEI director. I mean, we're looking at her here, and uh, for those of you that can't see, I mean, she is a person that if you told me, oh, she's the DEI director, I would yeah. think, yeah, she was groomed she looks for like this it. position, yeah, right? I for mean, sure. She's, she's a black woman. With purple uh, hair. She has purple hair, <laughs> and um, the, this is kind of the, the flag that's flown uh, that mm -hmm. says DEI. And so yep. you would think that this person would be, you know, one of them. <laughs> for sure. Uh, but what a shock. And I think it's interesting that you used the word she was awakened to this she was awakened to the woke culture. Mm -hmm. What a how uh, and she's woke. How ironic, how ironic right? It's yes. just the depth of she, it. And we will consider herself that way. Yes. Yeah. Right. And we will lead up to, as it says in the show notes here, the inescapable BIPOC binary. And if you don't know what that is, stay tuned. Okay. So let's listen to her for a, a little bit. Let me know if it's too loud, Merle. Okay. Members and even senior leadership had mentioned to me these problems with anti-Semitism. And I said, so what are we going to do? And the supervising dean said, we're going to do nothing about it. And I said, we're going to do nothing. She said, we also have recommendations from CARE, which is the Council on Islamic Relations. And we've done nothing about those either. And I said, want to mention, again, she's talking about the supervising dean. Okay, that is, uh, that is preventing any anti-Semitism course material to be entered in. Well, could I see those? I mean, my job is to increase inclusion. I'd like to see if any community member or group is asking us to make change. And I was never shown those recommendations from CARE. And when I said, um, you know, I, why are we not going to work on, you know, um, anti-Semitism? It's a clear issue. There's not even a definition of it on our campus. It's something we need to work around. I was told that Jews are white oppressors. I have to stop for a second right there. Just the simple mindedness of this blows my mind. These are educators at the, these are the people at the very top, the Dean, the, the, the simple mindedness of this. And um, as such. Told our, by whom? I'm sorry. Told by, by whom? The supervising Dean. The supervising Dean. Um, and that our role and our focus in our department is decentering whiteness. And that's. Decentering whiteness. That is their goal. That is the most blatant racist thing I've heard. Uh, you know, when we get to the other show, I'm sure I won't catch that clip, but uh, it, Glenn and John talk about they had been having awakenings as to the, this Right. true systemic racism that's going on in this country. And it's exactly the opposite of what we're being told. And John says, this is like 1930s, like being in the 1930s and people are protesting a black person coming to a restaurant or something. It's happening today in 2023 in the opposite direction. It's my it sure is. It absolutely is. All right. Let's just play a little bit more. See where that goes. That's what we needed to be focused on. 
And uh, I had never heard of such terms. That was not in the job description. Um, that was not in any institutional document. This is in our conversation as a team of why we're not going to do this. And later, as I, you know, began to understand their ideology that they were working from, that became my, you know, I wanted to know who am I surrounded by? What, what are they meaning? What are they saying? Um, that's when I, you know, started to unpack and look at what they were talking about when they were mentioning white supremacy culture, they meaning my dean and my staff members. Um, you know, I saw one of their slides and it had these Here poison bottles on it. And it, it had things like being on time, being objective, and they kept putting it up in their meetings that they would host or with guests that they would invite to campus. Um, and, you know, we're here in Zoom. Uh, this is all digital uh, during the pandemic time. All right, so let's uh, repeat what she just said. This is, was mind blowing to me that when I was listening to the podcast, I had to rewind it. Did I hear what I thought I heard? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. yeah she, they use this slide over and over again that punctuality, being on time, because they probably don't know what punctuality means, uh, mm. and objectivity are white supremacy traits. And she was told in the first meeting that she ran when she said, okay, I'm trying to keep an agenda here, that that trying to keep an agenda is a trait of white supremacy as well. And as she goes on to say, of course, she's the, they're setting themselves up and their students for failure. How do you operate in a world such as this? Yeah. It is Unreal. absolutely mind-blowing. So it says here at 20, 25 minutes and 25 seconds, she discusses the BIPOC uh, culture. I, I don't want to play too much because I don't want to get hit with copyright infringement, even though that legally is impossible because I'm promoting the show. I'm not being paid to do this. I'm not taking money to do this. I want to make that clear. But I think everybody should listen to this. So yeah. let me play this right here. Person. Um, to the faculty members who had pointed out to me the problems and I had to, to work without a budget and bring in speakers and, um, you know, try to do some education around it uh, for the community because that was, that was what I was there to do. Okay, so the answer I'm taking from you to my question of how do we get to anti-Semitism is that the world is divided into... Uh, oppressors and victims there we go the oppressors we are white the victims are bipoc mm -hmm. jews are white ergo jews are oppressors palestinians i guess by extension of this kind of logic are people of color are incorporated somehow into the bipoc coalition and so isn't this infuriating like i could speak uh the simple-mindedness of this the paint with this big broad brush this racism and do it under the pretense of being anti-racist? Yeah. This is amazing to me. It is amazing. And we've seen it before. We know exactly what's happening right here. Yeah, we sure this do. Is, uh, this, this is, is Marxism. A purposeful breakdown of our society mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. here. They've targeted our, our colleges. Uh, they've recruited yeah. the people, the people that they're enforcers, they've recruited those people into the college and now they're enforcing their plan, which is pure bigotry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same kind of bigotry that we saw against black people that we fought so hard to eliminate. Right. It's, it's the exact same disgusting, ugly, evil blackness, darkness that we've seen here that, uh, uh, that destroys people's hearts and destroys people's lives on both sides. 
Yes. Uh, the, the, it's hate. The, the, the person that is is the victim of, of this type of hate suffers, but the person that has been deceived into this trap, this snare of hate, is destroying their own life. Yes. Uh, it, it's like um, they're drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. <laughs> there um, you go. It's, it, this is what's happening. And it and it's such a, I mean, haven't we, you would think that we are, we've grown past this. And especially people in our colleges that are, are said to be so intelligent, mm -hmm. they're acting like barbarians. Um, to say so the least. It, it, and, and we have to see it for what it is. This is not... Um, you know, this isn't education. This is indoctrination. Totally. Uh, this isn't free speech. This is propaganda. Mm. Now, I this need to stop you there because this is a very important part when you said free speech. Okay, all of this. Okay, first of all, they're always doing exactly what they're accusing you of, and that is oppressing. All right. So they're cl cl claiming that everybody else, especially if you have any degree of whiteness, uh, whether it's a characteristic or skin color then you are an oppressor. But they're the ones doing the oppressing, which comes back to free speech. What, what's the single most important thing about free speech? Why it, do we need to protect it at all lengths? And that is because it gives the oppressed a voice. Okay, That's that right. happened with black people and it happened with women. Uh, without free speech, they would not have ga uh, gained all the rights that they that they enjoy today and deserve. You know, the, I wanted to read something that is actually in, uh, Tabia has a lawsuit against this college right now. And uh, let's see here, uh, Newsweek uh, actually did a story on this. And in the story, this is an amazing statement that the lawsuit says that she, quote, objected to racial stereotypes peddled by defendants that targeted both white and black Americans, bizarrely celebrating blacks. Get this, Barry. Celebrating as incapable of objectivity, individualism, efficiency, progress, and other grossly demeaning stereotypes while condemning wow. whites for promoting these same values, which defendants label colonialism and white supremacy. Wow. That's um, my, if I were black, I would be furious. I think that it, you don't have to be black to be furious about this because this it's could a people be, thing. This could be leveled at any race at any time. Yeah. Um, it, here's the Smithsonian, the national, uh, the Smithsonian National Museum on, on African American history and cultural and culture recently unveiled guidelines for talking about race. A graphic displayed in guidelines and and entitled "Aspects and Assumptions of Whiteness in the United States" declares that. Rational thinking and hard work, among others, are white values. Um, what? So, say that again. Did you say rational thinking and hard work? Declares that rational thinking and hard work, among others, are white values. Oh, I, I, I okay. I'm furious for the entire human race. As, a, right. as a white person, as a, a friend of black people, as a friend to everybody. Oh, that's disgusting. So why is it that our government, I mean, look, this is the college. They're highly leveraged by our government. This is the Smithsonian. 
this is a federal organization. They're a mouthpiece for our federal government. And look what yeah. they're saying. I mean, yeah. we, we had a bill. We we had a law that that uh, uh, an executive order uh, this since with this president uh, that said that farmers can have aid, but they've got to be people of color. Uh, they've got to be oppressed people of color. They can't be white. So the, the law was to give all these farmers aid, but white people, sorry. Uh, what, wait, wait, what? How is that not racism? How is that not discrimination? This I just saw a insane. video of Biden giving a speech at Brown University. You know, he never oh, knows I saw it. Yeah, you I did. saw that. Yeah. There he, once again said white supremacy. Uh, was it white supremacy? Yeah. Yep, white yep. supremacy is the single biggest problem. I'm not just saying that because I'm at a all black college. Um, I say it everywhere I go. That's right. He said it that way. It's almost like some of my best friends are black. Yeah. I mean, you know, here, here's, here's the other thing is as you should have gotten lynched right there. As, as Tabia is speaking about this, about her, um, uh, the Dean who, by the way, in this interview, she says that Dean, when she started having problems in her class, that Dean said, well, I'll come to your class to kind of help yeah. to diffuse the situation. Yeah. And the Dean actually sided with these, Tabia said she became the ringleader. Yeah, and 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 uh, the the whole class and the dean just attacked her continuous. What a hellish uh, situation! I mean, can you imagine waking up and having to go to work in that situation every day? It would. Be the the mind blowing part is that she's black with purple hair. She's the DEI director. So this is it, Barry. Is that uh, today? I'm only black. If I agree with the party line about being black, but if I have my own thoughts and uh, and I want to be punctual, <laughs> right. I'm white, according to them. Oh, I, I this don't is speak in Ebonics, so I must I'm white now and I am uh, uh, I have white privilege and that I'm somehow destroying our culture by by being a a reliable, trustworthy person. It's madness. That's, that's too bad that it's like this, but but this has to end. And I'm so glad that people uh, like uh, uh, like Glenn, uh, what, what is his last name again? Lowry. Glenn Lowry. Lowry. I, I didn't know about oh, he's this a good guy dude. before. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, here's, here's something interesting about Glenn Lowry. Lowry achieved prominence during the Reagan era as a leading black conservative intellectual. In the mid-90s, following a period of seclusion, he adopted more progressive views. Mm. Lowry has somewhat realigned with the views of the American mm -hmm. right, with the New York Times describing his political orient orientation in 2020 as conservative-leaning. Okay, so that's his background. Compared to McWhorter, who we're going to talk to in a second, describes mm -hmm. himself as a cranky liberal democrat yes 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 <laughs> okay, so, so i'd say that's like, a really kind of like our show yeah you have uh it's and, very and much like our when show. i heard mcwhorter he's not a leftist he's a liberal a classic liberal like yourself and um and he's then, he's much further left than me uh, he's pretty far so. left uh, but he's I don't know so if reasonable. I would say he's left. Uh, okay. from what i heard him say mm -hmm. uh, i've only heard him on that one show Okay. Uh, do you want to go to that? Because I have. Yeah, I, I think uh, we should. Uh, I have a number of timestamps that I saved personally, so that uh, I think is going to be a lot of good stuff well, to chew I, I on. I think the two are very related to each other, right? I mean, the, mm. these are 
the same subject. It's just wrapped in a different package. But this is it's all about this isn't even about racism. This is about destroying our country. And this is in communism uses this type of division. If you take a look at Marxism, it was the proletariats versus the the Mm -hmm. bourgeoisie, the elites. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've they've uh, fashioned Marxism uh, to be an Americanized Marxism where they they found they figured out that our weakness here in America is race relations. So they've they've tweaked that whole thing to be instead of the haves and the have nots, it's a it's black versus white. It's a, it's white versus people of color. And so they pit everybody against each other to disunify, yeah. just just disunite us uh, so that they can control us. That's that's really that's what's correct. happening right now. And I've said this many times. We should say it every show. You never hear anymore. United, we stand divided. We fall. Because frankly, so many people have bought into this uh, mentality. They want us to divide and fall. Right. And they have a, have a motto, which is united we stand, divided they fall. Mm, boy, that's a good one. All right. So let's uh, start here. I, I, I just wrote down a few timestamps. I wanted to, I thought that was kind of important. Uh, what we are going to discuss here is there's a new special out a documentary on George Floyd's death that these guys have found completely eye-opening and as they talked about they did a show approximately three years which by the way three years ago is when the Can you believe that was three years ago wow. I thought it was like a year ago off the top of my head but it's like like three years ago and uh uh, they talked about their show. Go ahead and look at look it up back then. It's the really the show that got them on the map. Um, but they were both, you know, on board with the the whole thing about the uh, oppression and uh, the police brutality that led to yes, George Floyd's death. Yep. And uh, now they are awakening on this very show. Let's play this. The Wait, whole can I issue, say this? Whole just, way we think. You say something just before you say that or play this i just wanted to say that um i had a chance to watch the documentary that they're talking about mm-hmm. the fall of minneapolis i actually watched it twice i watched it uh-huh. after i i listened to this because uh-huh. once i listened to what these guys are saying i was so interested in what is in this documentary. i haven't seen it yet I'm oh, you, dying to see you it. Got to see it. It you could if you have Rumble, you can pull it up. It's an hour and a half. Uh, it's free, so it it's totally available. the The reporter so, that did this uh, is outstanding. I think she's these she's, guys she's, said she's a it's, real journalist. They said uh, it's real high quality. Ha- right. Hats off to her for putting this together. We'll, hats I'll off for these guys to yeah, well, to do this. Well, then the reason I would say hats off to these guys is that true journalism is that you you have a uh you based on the facts you come out with your opinion but when more facts come out you've got to you've got to man up and come Mm. back on and say i was wrong and here's what i based on what i found out here it is and in this situation these are two black people that you know for to come and say that they were wrong about this for them this is basically saying I'm a traitor to the black race to a lot of these activists. That's correct. So I like what you said about the journalist aspect, because what they uh, are doing is still pursuing the truth rather than an ideology. And that's what's important. And 
they said later on in the in this interview just think about because they talk about the four big um black supposed black crimes against black people by uh police and so forth that have got incensed this country and created this this horrible culture of the last three years and all the riots and everything and they said all of them were taken out of context they were all lies and think about the impact that that has had on this country that they behind lies i think that's super important but let's uh let's get started right here think about george floyd was wrong including the way i thought of him until about 10 minutes ago i had no idea that eric chauvin didn't kill him i didn't realize i was playing an intro right there uh let's go to yeah, a minute. that was a, that was good uh that was a good take though it was then right away wow i didn't i he's said i the guy didn't chauvin didn't kill Right. Uh, George Floyd. And they go on to present all of the facts that were presented in the I'm good, Glenn. And you know, this is, sorry to jump the gun, but this is going to be kind of an interesting episode. We're kind of coming around because I think one of the ones we did that had the most impact, as it were, was in 2020 in an episode in, I think, May, where we were both sitting just like this. I was at this desk talking into this mic. And I said, Glenn, we need to talk about this George Floyd thing. And something happened then. I think that that really, something clicked then. And I think we got a lot more viewers, et cetera. And neither one of us knew at the time that that was the case. It seemed George Floyd at the time felt like it was going to be this passing episode. And now here we are, a little older, got through the pandemic, got through all sorts of things. And we need to talk about George Floyd again. And um, you can take it from there. Uh, we can look at it. We'll put the URL in the description of this post. Uh, the fall of Minneapolis. And I it- want to say, I did not realize that uh, you said it's on Rumble. I want to say the fact that it's not on YouTube is, first of all, not surprising, but once again, infuriating. Yeah, they don't, sure it is. They, they're complicit in all of look, this cover up. Right after this documentary came out, Eric Chauvin. Derek Chauvin was stabbed 22 times yes. in prison. Yes. So this is, I mean, this is the craziest thing is happening right now. And the fact is, is that they lied. Uh, in fact, There's the documentary, the documentary itself, the fall of, uh, the fall of Minneapolis, this was uh, put together by Liz Collins. She's, she's the author and Dr. JC Cheggs, he's the editor, uh, but it's based off of her book called They're Lying. The media, the left, and the death of George Floyd to oh. paperback. It came out in uh, on October eighteenth, two thousand twenty-two. So this is uh, so they are, important. Lying. It's so important to the very fabric of our culture because it has caused so much hate uh, throughout uh, these last few years. And the fact that our trusted institutions are behind it, this should be all we talk about. I know? agree. I totally uh, agree. See where we're going. It is a detailed uh, accounting, recounting, uh, from a point of view, to be sure, of the events that uh, led to the death and then the aftermath of the death of, uh, of George Floyd in Minneapolis. That documentary film has just dropped, I mean, with a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we're uh, talking here. On- All right. I just wanted the intro to this uh, documentary. But 
At 540 right here, I titled this in my notes, John's Awakening. Let's listen to this. It's just so important for somebody to be so humble Agreed. and yes. to come on the air and, and say this. Here we, here we are. And by the way, he reminds me of your brother, Scott, a lot. He looks a lot like him. That's Jay why I want to beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> here we are again. Like in 2016, we did one of these where I learned from you by uh, our friend Peter Moskos that the whole business of black men being at a unique risk of being killed by white cops is vastly distorted that these things happen to white people too. I always thought as, as un-PC and unwoke as I supposedly am, I thought that the general narrative about black people and the cops was true. And I written about it now for 25 years and said, it's the last thing standing. It's the chimney that didn't burn down when the rest of the house did, et cetera. And then I just want to mention, he also writes for the New York times, I believe, because yeah, the post yeah. isn't as bad, I think. Right. Isn't that how it now, is? It? Now the New York post is uh, kind of conservative, but of oh. course the times is very, he, he writes for the times. Yeah. So you yeah. taught me that that needs a rethinking on this one in 2020, we talked about how every one of these cases of a white cop killing a black man turns out to not be what we thought. So mm. and it wasn't that George Zimmerman tapped Trayvon Martin on the shoulder. Who, excuse they, me, was not a cop. He was not a cop. He was a right. citizen. But go ahead. Yeah, that's an important point. Good point, Glenn. Let's uh, everybody really listen to this. What uh, John is unveiling right there didn't tap him on the shoulder and they had an argument and George Zimmerman shot him in the face. That's not what happened. George Zimmerman shot him with Trayvon Martin on top of him, seeming like he might be about to kill him. Do you remember the pictures they put out of Trayvon Martin? Uh, yes, uh, the it, day it was almost angelic pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. he was a little kid right, uh, right. in those he pictures. Did not, he, was, he was much younger in the pictures. And I also remember that almost immediately our pre president Obama said that, Trayvon Martin could have been his son. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, talk I, about Obama. tainting the jury pool. Yeah, Obama. And, and, and let me just make a point here before we go further. Sure. And you were making it as well. Jury pool, tainting the jury pool. We, these things are destroying our legal system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're making it so that we can never get a fair trial. I'm going to talk about that again in a second. But go good because they talked about it too. I probably won't get to it in here. Of course, we're probably going to get flagged for copyright infringement for something or another. I, I, I think we'll be fine. These guys want this out there. They do which is just different. I don't think YouTube does, though. Mike Brown did not die with his hands up. He was trying to grab the gun of Darren Wilson and How was about that lunging one? at him over and over again. It's always Wait, like there, that. There, but there's I two always... of them right there. The, there the, yeah, the well, that's the one that led trying... to Black Lives Matter. Well, think about it. There's both, a lie. Both of these occasions, and Black Lives Matter got their start with Trayvon Martin, but they oh, caught right. on fire with, yeah. uh, with the Michael Brown. With the Brown. second lie. Right, yeah. right. But the but in both cases, uh, Trayvon Martin was on top of George Zimmerman, mm -hmm. and Mike Brown was trying to take the gun of the police officer. In both, they were the aggressor, and yet right. somehow they become uh, the hero, just like what we see in the documentary here with uh, George with, Floyd. With George Floyd, it's correct. A, it, it's the same thing. The, it's all the aggressor becomes the. the becomes the so-called victim and then mm -hmm. and then the so-called martyr that we're supposed to somehow worship as a hero it, it, isn't that amazing i want to quote uh 
Greg Gutfeld, this is one of the most, he, he's a really, really talented writer. And um, what he said around the same subject matter is, you know, it's a supply and demand problem that we actually have here. We have all this demand for all this racism, but we don't have the supply, so we have to fabricate it. That's right. It's That's the right. truth. You, you see that we have a party here that their entire leverage for power has to do with deceiving you into believing that we live in race yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, and, and we don't, um, nope, you we know, don't. I mean, being, uh, you know, look at us, we, we're best friends and we have been ever since the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that happen? If we live in such a racist world, you exactly. know, it's, 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 it's the craziest thing we're, we're dealing with here. It's like, we're living in bizarro world. Well, you know what it is. This will strike. This will strike you. We're being told two plus two equals five. That's right. Over and over. That's, a, that's exactly what it is. Yes. Plain and simple. Plain yes. and simple. This is the 1984 dystopian dream. It is. Yeah. Okay. Let's start that with the George Floyd case. You couldn't argue with the basic facts. It seemed that this white cop had his knee on this man's neck, which seems so barbaric, but that's what the photo that you always see looks like, and that he couldn't breathe because the knee was on his neck and that he choked and died of asphyxiation. That seemed to be the fact, with various people connected to the Minneapolis police force saying that they were unfamiliar with this move this business of putting the knee on the neck that that's not part of their training and so the issue was you know why did that happen to george floyd has something like that ever happened to a white person in this case it was tony timpa who was killed mm. in a very similar way okay now that has happened to a white person folks there you go and they testified in court that that move was not taught and um uh, what what's his name? Uh, Derek. Sh How do you say his name? Chauvin. Chauvin. His mother gave them like a photograph of that page of the training manual where that it shows that move being yeah. taught. They are it's taught. Clearly they in there. It's they clearly in, in there. And not only that, in the documentary, they interviewed several police officers who uh, didn't even hesitate to say, "Oh yeah, all of us were trained on that." Right. Correct. So. Uh, so so it's this a, guy was, was sentenced to 20 lie. years and that got move, stabbed 22 times. The move, by the way, I've seen it before. I used to work at an amusement park. There were a lot of times where people would get completely out of hand, sure. even, even after they'd been handcuffed. And this was a move that they used to stabilize the person. Uh, because, by the way, being a cop is a very dangerous job. Yeah. And uh, these people can be injured, they can be killed, they can be maimed for life, and they want to come home to their family. It's a tough job that we've asked them to do. And when people are resisting arrest and they're handcuffed, they're still very hard to handle. And this is a technique that has been proven to work. Um, the fact is, is that when you take a look at the documentary, you're finally given alternate views of what Derek Chauvin was doing that we didn't see before. And we can see clearly that his knee was on his his shoulder behind his neck, uh, clearly not cutting off the circulation. Uh, the autopsy showed that to be the truth as well, although uh, that when the autopsy came out, they they did another one. Uh, which wasn't even an autopsy. The, the the people that did the second one never even saw the body. 
and uh, came out with different results. That's odd that wow. uh, Ellison, the DA, used the results of the second fabricated and, mm. and trumpeted that to the world, although he had seen and interviewed the person who had done the original autopsy, who said there was no uh, evidence of any uh, injury to the neck area or no evidence of asphyxiation, but mm. there was evidence of uh, this person being a very unhealthy person. He had 75% clogging of his aortic artery. Uh, he had high blood pressure. He had COVID. He's uh, high as hell. He he uh, was on. He had a, a fentanyl level of 19, and people at a level of three uh, are, are are have OD'd. So wow. he was like uh, five times the le the limit of fentanyl that would kill you. And the way that he died, which was cardiac arrest, is how people die of fentanyl. And when he was saying, I can't breathe, he was having cardiac arrest. That's okay. what was happening to him. But uh, a very, very important point is apparently is shown in the documentary. Oh, they did show some of the documentary in here as well. But uh, that he was saying, I can't breathe. Now, none of us were shown this, by the way. Right. He was saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe when he was standing up by himself. Yeah, he was in the car, actually, and nobody mm -hmm. was touching his neck and was not on his neck. He was um, sitting down. Uh, he was standing up uh, at, the, at each of those points. He said he was complaining of not being able to breathe. So he, he this none of that was shown to the jury. Right. None of that was shown to the public. This this whole instance was fabricated. And when you think about the destruction that happened to our cities, and in particular, what happened to black communities, their, yes. their stores were looted and burned down. So now these communities are completely burnt out. Black Lives Matter. What did you do? You yeah. destroyed black lives is what you did. And when you take a look at the amount of death that came out of this, it was mostly black lives that were completely destroyed by this mission to help black lives. What? You know? And then that leads to uh, back to the the previous show with this DEI director actually it's all being connected. Involved. It's all it's 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 killed the black culture and it's like terrible. It, yeah, and uh, it's there's killing the been, white culture. It's killing our culture. It's yeah. killing our relationships. It's killing yeah. our our friendships. Yes, it's, it's it's making everything so hard for us to connect with each other. Yeah, and we got to resist that. We got to no, fight no, against see, that. When when we have disagreements in a society that are based on a truth versus a non, a, no versus versus on a discrepancy in true happenings, then they can they can be litigated, they can be worked out. Things truces can be found. But when you're dealing with lies, then that side that is all in on a lie has no, nothing to back it up with but emotion. Uh, irrational emotion. You're right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And when you see these movements and they're devoid of any kind of logic, yeah. but they're filled with hate hot emotion. Yeah. You know, you're being deceived. I mean, there you go take a look at this. 
Um, it, it, here's one thing, Barry. As I watch these two guys, I really respect what they did here. Mm, I um, do too. And and I actually I I now I'm a follower of the the this oh, show good. Good. Uh, because I really liked how the the two shows were extremely entertaining to me. So and good. I, I I like where uh, Glenn Laurie is coming from here. Mm -hmm. I uh, I noticed that he was a part of the uh, Hoover Institute right away. And that when I looked him up on um, uh, on uh, I actually looked him up on Wikipedia, mm -hmm. uh, I found out that he um, uh, is very much into my friend here, Thomas Sowell, um, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. is really not my friend. I just want him to be my friend. I know, I know. Uh, who's also an economist as well. Uh, Laurie's an economist, too. Yeah. And so I've gotten so much out of Thomas Sowell just listening to this guy. You know, he's not a young guy either. He's mm -hmm. born in 42. I didn't know he's that old. Two or 43. Mm. Uh, what wisdom this guy has. I yes. really, really love. Yeah, he looks pretty young. Uh, I, I really love listening to him. So thanks for turning me on to this stuff. This oh, without really, question. Really I want to mention another important thing that they mentioned. I'm sure that the documentary uh, illustrated quite well is during that hearing, they never had a chance at a fair trial because there was a gigantic mob outside pressuring. There was only one verdict that was going to be acceptable. Or that That's city exactly was, right. Yeah, that city would be rubble. And, I mean, you, uh, had, you had a, a congresswoman out there that yeah. was um, Maxine Waters that was oh, saying, God. We, we're pushing for conviction. We need a conviction now. She and, She's uh, and horrible. So these jurors were coming in every day. There were thousands of people that they had to go past on the way into the courthouse every day. And yeah. they wanted that they wanted Chauvin's blood like nobody's business. And right. if they were to and they knew that if they were to give a, an innocent verdict, that their homes, their town their would lives undergo were... the same kind of rioting that had yeah. happened when George Floyd died and they right. did not want that and they didn't want to be responsible for it and they knew that they would be responsible for it it was listen the sixth amendment says this in all this is our, our our rights here in all criminal prosecutions the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury okay how could you have an impartial jury when they have to con confront that every day on the way into the courthouse mm -hmm. um it, it's not possible uh an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have committed which uh district shall have been previously ascertained by law look the fact is here is that they could have moved this to a different city within the state mm -hmm. they didn't have to have it right in the heart of where george floyd was was where george floyd died uh, how are you going to find an impartial jury? How are you going to, um, I mean, it looked like a lynch mob on the outside of oh, that yeah. building. Oh, yeah. And one of the, uh, um, one of the people that was thrown in jail, remember it wasn't just Chauvin that was thrown in jail. He's in there for 22 years, but several right. others, another one by the name of King, he's black. Right. Uh, and, uh, the other one was Asian. I mean, so you had a two white guys, an Asian guy and a black guy, uh, all of them thrown in jail. King, the black guy, got thrown in jail for three and a half years. He said he made a comment about how you can't have a fair trial any longer if the media is against you. There the you media the came media's... out with a verdict, mm -hmm. and now it's mob mentality, mm -hmm. just like the Lynch crews that came out to just you brought it up. 
uh, that came out to uh, lynch a black man, whether he's guilty or innocent, mm -hmm. they don't care. He's black. We've already decided. We don't care mm -hmm. what the facts are. Lynch that guy. That's what we're dealing with here in the United States. And he's saying it's no longer possible for you to get a fair trial if the media has already come up with a verdict. Yes. Uh, we, uh... You look at Obama saying, oh, Trayvon Martin could have been my son. I mean, that's what we're talking about right there. There's so much wrong at, at, a, at a base for so many years. The fact that Obama, by so many people, such a large percentage of people in this country, they will not get over the fact that he's a deity to them. I mean, he's truly worshipped by a large uh, majority of the not I don't know majority, but a large number of people in this country. And he did. He was uh, he was an instigator of an awful lot of uh, wrongdoing, wrong thinking uh, as far as race relations go in this country. And it's really a shame. Excellent. What do you got here? Merle? OK, so since these things have happened in Minneapolis, this is something mm. I got off of the website uh, for the uh, documentary. You can see where the crime statistics have gone through the roof since they decided to defund the police. Mm -hmm. Remember, that's, Gosh, been the, that's been the outcome of this whole thing. So uh, gunshot wound victims in 2019, 266. That's bad. But mm -hmm. in, in, but the next year, it go it doubles to 551, and it keeps going up, 21, yeah. 658. And we've come down a little bit to 544, but nowhere near the 2019 right carjackings it was 101 in 2019 now in 2022 it's over 500 peaking in 2021 at 655 look at that that's a factor of six and a half right there yeah. um the homicides went from 48 to 81 almost doubled in that four-year period uh peaking in 21 at 93 this is a result of these types of policies you take a look at keith ellison who was a congressman who's the DA there in Hennepin County, uh, where Minneapolis is. This is the cause of these policies. Mm. This is These policies have caused an unsafe environment for Minneapolis, but not just Minneapolis. All the major cities across the mm -hmm. country have burned. Uh, mm -hmm. This uh, uh, police officers were attacked in the documentary. We see um, the the fleeing of the third precinct. Uh, if you'll remember that in Minneapolis, it was a sad moment when they had to flee their own precinct. They burnt that down. Uh, you could see the the police. That's uh, that's properly called an insurrection, by the way. That's what an insurrection is. Yeah. When the police officers left, the crowd was hurling bottles and rocks and sharp mm. objects at them w one of the policemen that was interviewed had his front teeth knocked out by a hurl hurling object i mean this is absolutely barbaric it and is. we got to stop this this is our these are at these things this type of protection is at the heart of our god-given liberties and it's they're being stolen. Remember that Kamala Harris, our vice president, had a fund to bring these people that were oh, attacked right. that third precinct out of jail. Right. So that I they wouldn't have to that. serve jail time. That's our vice president and so many other people associated with our government were complicit in this terrible act of racism and uh, an attack on our country and our sovereignty. These people need to pay for this because yes. it's, cost, it's cost our taxpayers billions, billions of dollars. Absolutely. Not to mention the cost of heartache and families that have forever been damaged. The relationships right. have maybe 
probably irreparable damage to our families. Correct. You take a look at this, and you just take a look at these stats right here, and you can see um, th this is adding up, and it's and it's getting worse. We've got to put a stop to this type of madness. I absolutely agree. You said it very well. We need a true awakening in the awakening movement in this country. And we need to stop being afraid of being called a racist when you actually stick up for this racism known as DEI and woke BS. That's where the real racism is, is coming from in this country. I mean, that is so, so true. And I think people are waking up to it. A lot of people are. But um, uh, here in San Francisco, uh, by the way, uh, it's it, this is interesting. San Francisco's decided to crack down on car burglaries. Coincidentally, the city has now seen a drop in car burglaries. It may be impossible to know, but the two things may be related. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I that's that, really funny. The height of stupidity is when they pass that law that you can't prosecute someone for shoplifting under a thousand dollars or nine hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, been. what did they think was going to happen? I know it's, they knew what was going to happen. They, they, yeah. they knew, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it's like, um, hey, don't eat the candy, but it's free. I mean, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> That's a good analogy, right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, we really need a, a movement that is based in just pure common sense in this country. And, totally you know, right. we need to get our educational system. Now, God only knows if it's too late because we're clearly two generations at least in on the indoctrination. And it's like we only became aware of this about three years ago. And the epicenter was Loudonville in Virginia when uh, parents were finally like, oh, my God. Uh, first of all, a girl yeah, got funny. raped yeah. by a guy yeah. in a dress in the in the and you guys covered it up and you know all of that. And then he went to it. another school and raped somebody else. Is that uh, right? It's the same, the same oh. thing. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about Miles America by she yeah. Van, Van yeah. Fleet. She came out of that whole thing in Loudonville. So mm. so even though these that's terrible situation that yeah. happened, it has also served to awaken a lot of the woke. And, uh, and I'm so glad that that's actually happening. And very importantly, people are awakening to uh, corporate media being corrupt, lying to us everything that we've been talking about here on the show, everything that Glenn yeah. Lowry and John McCord has been talking about. I'd love to see that these guys are spreading this awakening uh, movement, not to be confused with the uh, uh, bad grammar known as woke, um, right? Terrible. but a true awakening. Yeah, but it's funny how wokeness is causing people to wake up because it's like wokeness is a deep stupor and isn't it uh, though? Pe people need to oh, wake up because, and the, uh, the funny thing is is they've had this little movement here for a few months now i noticed where when you talk about woke because it's become such a bad word they respond with you know i'm not really sure what woke means and uh i've they, heard that too it, yeah. they it, it's their new battle cry and i responded to somebody with three words weaponized id politics there it is. That's, it. That's, exactly That's what it is. Right. It's not confusing. They think they're going to make you stutter and stammer is what's going to yeah. happen. No, it's you know, pretty simple. I, I know we're running out of time, and I do want to just say another thing that I see connected happening here is uh, the state of Colorado. Um, the Supreme Court made a decision to pull Trump off the ballot for the state. 
Oh, and, right, uh, right. And, and, and now we're seeing that California and New York are considering the exact same thing. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you, they're using the 14th Amendment to do this. Uh, the 14th Amendment is kind of interesting because it was written after the Civil War and it was meant to prevent uh, insurrectionists. In other right, words, people right. from the Confederate Army from being in politics mm -hmm, so that mm -hmm. they can bring this kind of thing to happen again. Uh, what we found out is that the 14th Amendment, that clause of the 14th Amendment has only been used one time. Mm. Uh, and it was somebody that was giving away secrets to the Germans during World War One. But uh, but interestingly, I was watching Jesse Waters last night and he was talking about the fact that uh, shortly after the Civil War, because Grant was in power and he, he was in line with what Lincoln uh, had said before he was assassinated, that reconciliation is the most important thing that can happen to this country. We got to mend wounds by not uh, by not punishing, but by loving. And mm -hmm. so uh, as a result, more than 58 uh, uh, former Confederate soldiers were admitted into Congress and into the Senate. So using the now now these were true bona fide insurrectionists, right? Yes, I mean, yes. They they carried guns and they shot at Union soldiers and and killed them. Mm -hmm. uh, Trump uh, never did anything like this. Uh, he he has not been accused. I mean, he's been accused of this, but not yeah. formally in a in a court right. of law. He's certainly not been convicted of this. Mm -hmm. So for judges who know better in the state of Colorado to make a decision based on the fact that he led an insurrection without him being accused of leading an insurrection is a dangerous, dangerous precedent for all of us. Mm -hmm. Whether you like Trump or not, uh, the fact is, is that if they can do that to him, Mm -hmm. They can do that kind of thing to you. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they could come to you and say, you're a murderer. And you say, no, I'm not. Well, it doesn't matter because just like we said in the Derek Chauvin trial that, that King had said is that if the media decides that you're a murderer, guess what? Mm -hmm. You're going to jail because mm -hmm. you're a murderer. And right. that is a precedent that we have set here, which makes it dangerous for all of us. And by the way, um, it's interesting that uh, the Democrats were saying um, we'll lift sanctions on Venezuela, but only after Madero stops disqualifying his presidential opponents. And we just disqualified Trump as a presidential candidate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do those two things go together? They're trying to save democracy, as they keep saying. Yeah. They, they're always tyranny. committing the crime that they're they're accusing. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you want to save democracy, then let people vote for who they want to vote for. You know, it's and, senseless. And you take a look at, like, for instance, uh, Colorado. Remember when they moved the All-Star game to Colorado mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was a big deal? It was in Atlanta. And the whole thing was because of the voting laws that they just passed in, mm -hmm. in, in, Atlanta, in, in Georgia. Well, it turns out as you take a look at the statistics in, in Georgia and the polls after, after the vote that uh, over 90% of black voters said that because of the new voting laws, it actually made them it made it easier for them to vote. Mm. OK, so so really that whole thing going after the new voting laws, which, by the way, required a voter ID. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you take a look at um, and, and so we're going to boycott that and move the major league. 
But then here in Colorado, where they moved it to, they're just going to take a person they don't like off the ballot. How is that? You, when you compare those two things, Colorado is going to take someone off the ballot for something they've never been convicted of. And yet those are the same people that were mad that we were requiring a voter ID, which actually made it easier and less time consuming for the voters in Well, let me chime in here. I think that there's a really important point that uh, needs to be discussed. And this kind of stuff with uh, that just happened in Colorado against Trump trying to uh, election interference once again is going to continue and and continue until people start getting prosecuted for election interference. So, yes. I mean, all of the, the, the cover up with the uh, Biden laptop thing. Oh, my God. All of the uh, sweeping under the rug of the corruption with Joe Biden, the, the Clintons and their litany of law breaking, never charged, never prosecuted. Um, but the the uh, documents, the two failed impeachments, the continuous investigations into Trump over. First of all, he was supposed to be a Russian agent. Now, those are pretty serious crimes. Uh, certainly buying, paying for a dossier is a pretty serious crime. But now he's being charged with um, um, exaggerating his real estate holdings. Right. That, right. Okay, so we went from a Russian agent down to this. <laughs> right. Yeah, People need prosecuted there. for election interference. Yeah, and it's going to keep as long as they don't they, they don't have accountability. We're going to live in this banana republic and we are a banana republic right now. You, you know, what's interesting too, Barry, is if you take a look at the 14th Amendment that they're using to make this decision, it's kind of interesting to think about uh, an insurrection when Trump was the president at the time this happened. So are you in and an insurrection is usually to chop off the head of leadership and replace it with a, another mm. leadership. And and so can you do that when you're still the president even? I mean, yeah, they're saying it was to make it so that he was he would be the president for the next four years, but it seemed more like they wanted to go for a uh, uh, they wanted to reevaluate things uh, as far as what the actual electoral votes were. So I'm just saying, like, it seems kind of hazy that everyone you knows he it's led hazy. that in- insurrection. But it, like, can he even be accused of that? There's so many questions. And the fact that there's this is unprecedented in every mm, single yeah, way. Yeah. It's just like, how do you not see this as. <laughs> Trump called it a witch hunt. How do you not see it as a witch hunt? I mean, no, I, I don't totally even like agree. that, but I remember, you know, reading about what the witch hunts were. And one of the tests to find out if you are a witch is if we hold you underwater and you uh, and you live, then you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a hell of a test right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, I guess he wasn't a witch. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I have a lot more, but I can see that we're we're coming up. I mean, we're already on a yeah. long show here. Yeah. Uh, but do I, you have I, anything lighter? I do. I got actually. something light that I want to close with. Well, let but... me let me go first, and then I'll let you go close ahead. it out. But you had mentioned a movie a mm. couple of weeks ago, and uh, I had a chance to see that movie. It was Violent Night. Oh, and, yeah. um, and I and I watched that movie. This is fun. Uh, if if you if look, this is 
this is a movie that was uh, made well, by the people that made The Boys, which we both really liked that. Okay, a lot. so Violent Night was made by the same people? Because I, I, it sure yeah. felt like it. Yeah, I'm pretty Let's see, from the producers. Wait, let me just read this. Maybe not, uh, but it sure was in that same line. Mm -hmm. From the producers of Nobody and John Wick comes a bare knuckle, cold, dark holiday action comedy that says you should always bet on red. I love that. When a team of mercenaries breaks into a wealthy family compound, taking everyone inside hostage, they're not prepared for a surprise combatant. Santa Claus. Um, this is uh, uh, David Harbour was the guy that played. He's so good. He, he was, was so good. Great. Yeah. He was great. I I I recognized his voice, but I didn't yeah. recognize him. But he's been a lot of great movies. He, he's uh, he's from his claim to fame was Stranger Things. When we talked about it originally, I couldn't yes. remember the show. Yes, yes, Stranger Things, and then uh, he delivering some. This is him delivering some serious seasons beatings to save the family <laughs> and the spirit of Christmas. Okay. This is one of those movies that is it was very violent, but oh, it's, yeah, it in, it's kind of in the same kind Tongue of comic cheek. book violence. You yeah. know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like you're not like, oh, my God, that was it, it, it's like so over the top violent. That it's, it's kind of funny. Some yeah. of it's funny, actually. Yeah. There's yeah. a there's a chimney scene in the movie that really cracked me up, but it's super violent. And you know what else, Barry? You said at the end this movie was gonna make you cry. Yeah. yeah. Yep, it sure did. Now <laughs> I, I, I watched that movie with uh Anne Marie and the kids. And we always like when we get together on the holidays, we mm -hmm. like to watch like movies. Like we watched Eraserhead last year and it was so bizarre and weird. And uh, I vaguely and, heard of it. I don't oh, know. Oh, but it, it was it was so fun for <laughs> us to watch it with the kids and they turned their their friends onto it. So this was in that line. And oh, we cool. really enjoyed, we laughed a lot during the yeah. movie. Yeah. It's, this, this is not your traditional Christmas movie in <laughs> any way. This is not It's a Wonderful Life. But right. it sure is fun to watch, especially yeah. I, I had a great time watching it with my kids. So it wasn't complicated. It wasn't right. like, yeah, trying to follow a convoluted storyline. It was pretty straightforward. It did kind yeah. of remind me in many ways of Die Hard. I just yeah, like, like yeah. the whole attitude that uh, Santa Claus had was a lot like Bruce Willis's yeah. attitude in Die Hard. Yeah. It was, it's really fun. I had, had to time. find himself. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, and uh, anyhow, it was great stuff. And you'll like, uh, let me just take it from me at the end of the movie. You're going to feel good. So, um, yeah. So watch the movie. That's that. That was a really good take. I'm so glad that you watched that. I it was really I, fun. It took me by surprise. That was kind of. I wondered if it was really a good movie or was I pleasantly surprised? Because I thought I was watch, gonna watch an episode of The Boys. It, it was yeah, a preview. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then uh, you know, then the preview was over, and then in the little icon at the bottom said up next. I'm like, oh, well, this must be the first episode. So I click on it and I start watching that, and I kept thinking that the characters from the boys were going to finally come into I'm this swooping in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was totally like an episode of the boys. And it was same, a lot yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so. I, I really, I really liked that. And uh, it just, just a lot of fun to be able to share stuff like that with the family. Yeah, totally. That, that is so funny that that became your family holiday share. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, so you know, funny. we talked about Die Hard and and the, the kids love that movie too and I I do too. Classic. So, I mean, it's just a fun fun thing to do. Yeah. All right, so when I was putting the show notes together and the uh 
YouTube videos, I stumbled across something. You know, it's been a while since this guy came out with something. It seems to me, wait a minute, why don't I see it? Uh, All that, right. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> All right, let me that try this again. Captain Kirk right there. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. Oh, well, that's what I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. Why am yeah. I not seeing it? I don't know, but that's him. It looks like you're about 33 seconds into that video. Yeah, and I'm trying to rewind it, but I can't. Uh, all right, I got to ah, get out of this. I got to get here. out of that. I got so much going on here. Um, and I can't seem to find this, but I will. By the way, so, while you're talking, I can't wait to is. see the next uh, season of The Boys. I know. Same here. I keep looking. It's like they say it's about to come out. So anyways, I haven't watched this yet, Merle. I haven't had time. As soon as we get off the air, I'm going to. I don't want to show too much because, once again, copyright infringement. But the... I had to save this for the end because you're going to love it. You this love is Joe Trek. Biden as uh, it's, Captain yeah, Kirk. It's Kyle Dunnigan's uh, The Comedian. And this guy is ridiculous. He is so funny. <laughs> and these spoofs. This face is funny. Yeah, so I'm just going to play a minute so you see the cast and yeah, what's yeah. going on. There's a guy, there's a guy on there who's not even from America, man. <laughs> Instant peepers. What's that? Where'd that space blob come from? Peepers. Uh, I don't know. Just appeared, I guess. Lieutenant Goldblum. Pete Davidson. Fire the torpedoes. At your wishes, my God. Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps it would be more logical if we scan the space blob first. We have absolutely no idea what we're dealing with. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the whole episode's 18 minutes. I definitely will have to watch that. That, These are hysterical. That was great. I watched the whole intro every time. Because that intro is so funny. It, it goes to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air beat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's I good. hate, he's I hate good. to sign off, buddy. This was a really fun episode. And, it really um, was. And I just want to uh, wish everyone that's oh, watching yeah. a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and whatever yeah. else you might be uh, celebrating out there. Sure. Uh, this is the time of the year to just, Love on everybody around. Love on every, even when you're getting dirty looks. And much like Thanksgiving, really joy comes through thankfulness. And if we can think of a, you know, we live in a world where all these crazy things are happening and we talked about a bunch of them, but the fact is that uh, there's a lot more to be happy about than there is to be worried about. So let's focus on that and Mm -hmm. thank, thank God and Thank, be thankful for our families and friends and everything else that we have, which are blessings. And and this is a great, still as bad as it is, this is still the greatest country on earth. That's you know, I was just to it. just thinking about that too, Merle. With all these people that want that want to hate America and undo it, I don't see you leaving. Um, no, no. Yeah, and uh, all these people that are trying to get in the country, well, that are getting in the country, uh, it's for a reason. And this is the greatest country in the world, and we need to get back to our roots of it. We you need to it, sweep this dirt uh, into a dustpan and throw it out and reclaim our, our American Americanization. We need to reclaim our pride. We need to reclaim our decency and our morality. And, and I'm going to say it, again, man. we need to start prosecuting people that are doing acts against the Constitution in Washington, such as election interference. Well, that would be that would probably leave only a handful of people, but it would. <laughs> I it mean, would. I, it seems like we got a clean house over there. That 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 
that there really sure. is a, a terrible swamp over there that needs to be drained. Right. And, and guys, please share this episode. We th I think it's a, an important one and uh, a fun one. It, it was very interesting. I love, Merle, I love when we kind of have our homework, where we are moved so much by a podcast that we both explore it. That's probably my most fun stuff. Yeah, I love that yeah. too. And what great subjects! I I I was completely enthralled. You you turned me on to those two by the on the Larry show, uh, the Glenn show, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Larry. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, great stuff, man, and uh, really stuff we could sink our teeth in and talk mm -hmm. about. And and these are some of the most important things that are facing our society today. They are. So please like us on uh, YouTube and share the episode. Subscribe. And if you uh, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, uh, please leave us a five-star rating or just go to over50startingover.com and sign up to our email list. You get all this to your email box as it happens. And hey, buddy, I might be seeing your brother tomorrow. I, I hope, hope that happens. I I, I, I just, please make that happen. That would be so cool. It, yeah. You know, last night... Uh, we uh i met dan and my buddies dan and jt out for our winter solstice celebration which we try to do, do every year every year yeah yeah we try to so uh we had a few beers and, and some food that was a lot of fun but it's also it's good for the holidays if i could see scott tomorrow that would make my holiday weekend complete going to see the lights tonight at the zoo so how cool and days are getting longer from here on out that's what's important that's why we yep. celebrate that i love that this thing. nice all nice. right with that i hope you guys all have a good weekend and make uh make a special phone call or a visit to somebody this weekend merry christmas